Well, I got to go ahead and tell you I'm going to get into your business tonight. All right? So um, it'll be worth it, though. Before I get into uh, the message tonight, we are constantly looking, praying, trying to um, hone in and do better on what we're doing all the time as a ministry, paying very close attention to our, to our main services, this obviously being one of them, and then uh, the weekend services on Sunday. We, we just want them truly. We want people helped and we want Jesus to be pleased. Are you all with me on that? And so we're looking constantly, you know, what to do, how to improve that. And we believe the Lord is leading us and showing us some things. And uh, we believe we're seeing some of the fruit of that too. It always pays to follow him. And always pays to ask him too. Uh, does anybody here know what our services are made up of? We have two parts of the service. The first part we, we, we lift up. And the second part we, we listen up. And uh, you could put it this way, too. It's worship in the word, worship in the word. And we're, we want to lift up. We fail if we come together and we don't lift him up, okay? And then Paul instructed in the New Testament, he said, preach the word. Preach the word. He, he didn't say, you know, do skits, show videos, have songs, you know, whatever. The main thing, because this is what life changes, preach the word. So we want to focus in on that. The worship part of that, and remember, worship is anything that you do that God would want you to do. Did you know if you're nice to your wife or your husband, that's worship. That's part of a life of worship. If you handle your finances right in a God-honoring way, that's worship. That lose y'all? But the best group activity to come together is, is, involves music. And that's a major way that you can worship God by yourself as well. But um, worship... And praise and worship actually plows up the ground. And your heart is like soil. And so it plows it up and gets it ready for the seed and the water of the word. So, you know, that's an important thing. So we're doing a number of things. And I want to encourage you to do something. Here's, here's a leadership axiom that, that may or may not make sense to you. But we kind of live by it. People will go where you lead them or where you let them. People will go where you lead them or where you let them. And we believe in starting on time because if you start on time, you reward virtue. If you start late, you cater to vice. And so we can let you or we can lead you. And so what I want to encourage you to do, this service, any service, but especially starting this Sunday, move your clock forward you know, or back, whatever, however that thing works, um, so that you're, you're getting here about 10 or 15 minutes prior because we're going to move some of the announcement end of it and that kind of stuff to to just before how many of you ever been to a movie and they and they do all the little stuff when when before the movie and so it's like the upcoming events previews there's advertisement all that kind of stuff that's going to be happening right on the front edge of that because then what we're wanting to do is kind of tailor this thing a little little better where we've got worship and the word just kind of flowing together and so, um, but that's going to require that you go ahead and get here, okay? Because sometimes we were missing about a third of the folks when we start, you know, and then, and then you get here. So get here. Amen. People go where you let them. I ain't letting you do this. We're going to lead you in this. And so get here. And uh, I'm telling you, God has taken us higher and higher and higher, and I don't want you to miss out. And uh, some of the things that you'll need to know and want to be a part of, that's going to be happening right on that front edge. So go ahead and get here and tell all your buddies too, okay? 
All right. Well, we're in a series on Wednesday nights. We're in year two of this. Anybody know what it's called? Real life. And uh, we have been talking for the last few weeks on something called the seven deadly sins. Reality is all sins are deadly. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody say amen on that one. And there are, it seems to be though, there are some sins that seem to be um, uh, the bully or the boss related to some other sins. And so over church history, it's not necessarily scripturally that they pulled out and said these are the seven deadly um, but just kind of through church history and study and so forth, we've, we've ended up along the way with what has been called the seven deadly sins. And I just felt kind of prompted and led to get on these. And we've looked at a number of these already. We've looked at pride and anger and greed and envy. And tonight, uh, we're going to talk about sloth. Everybody say sloth. How many of you ever been to the zoo? All right, the rest of y'all, y'all really need to get out. You, you do. <laughs> You need to get to church on time, and you need to get out more. Okay. No, but if you've been to the zoo or whatever, you know this. There's not a long line to see the sloth. And you can't go online and get some special brochure on some great hunting expedition to go slay the mighty sloth. Uh, on a recent trip, uh, I was out in Dallas and had the privilege of being in a, a pastor's home for, for a dinner and um, quite, a, quite a home. And in this home, in his study, he, he likes to go hunting. And he had a lot of trophy mounts up. And they were from rare places all over the world and some big hunts and things. And I noticed he did not have a sloth <laughs> up there. So I want to talk to you about sloth. Because, and, and if you've seen the sloth, they're not really that pretty. They all look alike. They hang on trees and climb around upside down. And when they, when they do walk or whatever that is that they do, um, it, just, it just takes a long time. There's just nothing attractive about it. And related is this word sloth as far as a sin, and we want to move toward a virtue. What do you think the corresponding virtue would be for sloth? Diligence. Diligence. And... Uh, it's also going to lock in with priorities tonight, and, and we'll look at this. In Proverbs 18, verse 9, if you're with me, say something. Amen. All right. Somebody said something. See, people go where you let them or where you lead them. They did. Proverbs 18, 9 says this, He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. And we're going to look, we'll break this down a little bit later. In the New Living Translation, it says this, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Now, sloth being a sin, virtue that we're after is diligence, and and, uh, we also want to look at how that affects priorities. The word sloth, uh, just in our dictionaries, means reluctant to work, reluctant uh, to exert or put out effort. But we're going to find that it means even more than that. In the Hebrew, kind of the word picture for sloth is a, it means to be slack or to be loose. To be slack or to be loose. And the picture is this. It's like a bow, a bow and arrow. 
that is not strung. The string might would be there, but it is not ready for action. It is loose. It is slack. And that can happen in our life. It also carries with it the idea to sink to a lower level. And that's what's going to happen with sloth in our life. Now, you're probably, and we had a, a staff meeting that we call Presenters Lab uh, yesterday, and I was sharing this idea as well. You probably have already exempted yourself. You said, well, I don't, I don't have sloth, but I'll take good notes because I've got a couple of friends you know, that are this way. Isn't it amazing how we exempt ourselves? How many of you are familiar in Scripture with uh, the, the, the four soils, the parable of the four soils? How many of you know that when you read that in your mind, you're always the good soil, aren't you? And in the Proverbs, you read about the fool and the wise man. How many of you in your mind, you're always I'm the wise one, you know? And we know who the others are. We think of them. They come to mind, don't they? You're re- and that's why I tell you all the time, read the Bible for yourself. Sometimes we're reading, I know who that is. I think I'll send them this verse. No, we, we have to look at it ourselves. Sloth is fatal. This is huge. Sloth is fatal to spiritual progress. It's fatal to spiritual progress. Because if you're slothful, if you're lazy, if you don't like to put out effort then guess what? You're not going to pray. How many of you know it's work to pray sometimes? Well, let me tell you the rest of y'all. It's work to pray sometimes. Because you have to get through the veil or the curtain of your flesh, of your emotions, of all those kind of things. You've got to get past just something that's here or just feeling like obligation or I should pray. Sometimes it's some work to get in there and stay in there. And if you're a worshiper, by yourself, that's what a true worshiper is. Not just when you come, but you get alone with God and you tell him. <laughs> Sometimes you, you don't know what to tell him. And that you worship him and you, you part of worship is the old English word worship is to tell him his worth. Tell him all, just recount back to him all the awesome things that he is and that, and that he does. And to read the Bible, all of these things are disciplines. It takes effort. And so sloth is an enemy. It's a destroyer of spiritual progress. One of the things that I teach for leaders and for the staff is this. And and this is something I live by. Now hear this. My main ministry is my spiritual progress. 1 Timothy 4, Proverbs 10, 17. It says that in doing so, giving yourself wholly to your spiritual progress. Get this. You'll save not only yourself but those who hear you. You'll, you'll not only bring wholeness to yourself, but those who hear you. So my main ministry is not sermon preparation. Because if, if that's all I'm doing, if that's all I'm praying for, if that's all I'm reading the Bible for, if that's all I'm living holy for, is just for sermon preparation, that, that's, that's empty and that will collapse. But it has to be from an alive heart and from overflow. And, and for you as well, listen to me. Your main ministry is your spiritual progress. And sloth is this incredible enemy. Uh, it's fatal to spiritual progress. Sloth encroaches upon other areas of your life. Any area of undiscipline 
will encroach upon other areas of your life. And you may be good at some things, but if you can't be on time or you don't handle this area right, eventually it's going to encroach upon another area. It's going to interfere with the other things in your life. It it sloth encroaches on your responsibilities, on your giftings, on favor that God would give you, on opportunities that open up to you. Um, Throughout school and throughout college, I played... I played trumpet, and there were guys that I met along the way that, that scared me just as far as how naturally good they were. But you know what else they were? Lazy. They were lazy. And you know what? Those people get left behind because the sloth in their life, they don't go and develop what God did give them. Y'all are too quiet for me tonight. And so... Sloth will encroach upon other areas of your life. And don't think, well, I'm just kind of lazy over here. I'm, I'm going to promise you that's going to spread. That's like mold that got into your whole loaf of bread. You know, maybe it's just on the crust. Leave it in there. Maybe it's just on this end of the cheese. Leave it in there. It, it's going to go somewhere. And sloth will do that in your life. Sloth prefers inaction. Sloth gives you no chance at endurance or consistency. And here's, here's the warning. And it will leave you vulnerable. It will leave you vulnerable. Now, sloth is not just what you think it is, though. And we're going to open up a whole other side of this. Because as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you're probably exempting yourself and say, well, I'm not as diligent as I should be in this, but I'm certainly not slothful. Hold on, because uh, I might be coming down your rope. Sloth uh, leads to destruction, and it leads to decay and ruin in our life. Let's read a few verses here. In Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 11, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Sluggard in the Hebrew there means slothful. And consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, old sluggard, or slothful? And when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Sloth sets you up. It makes you vulnerable in that way. Proverbs 10.4. He who has a slack hand. Remember I told you that, that sloth means to be loose, to be slack. He who has a slack hand becomes what? Poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. I didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. Proverbs 24, verse 30 through 34. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. And when I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Now I want to go back to this phrase because it showed up twice now. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. How many of you like, be honest with me. How many of you like a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest? I do too and it's okay. I said it's okay. What this is implying here is that's the excuse you keep giving yourself. Well, it's just going to be a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding my hands to rest. And we keep using that excuse and then it it takes over and it's no longer a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands to rest. It becomes your life. 
becomes your lifestyle. You, you become slothful in it. So it is okay. It's actually recommended that you get a little sleep. Amen. You're going to look better and you're going to certainly be nicer. Okay? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands, the rest. I took a little nap this afternoon. And I said, hallelujah. <laughs> I woke up better looking and happier. So there. So I recommend it. Now, here's where we're, we're going to shift gears a little bit. To be so slow, sloth, to be so slow, it sure is tricky. It's really tricky because we just think it's one thing. But to be so slow, boy, it does something to us. And that's what I want to show you here. Sloth is not just doing nothing. Hear, the, hear this again. Hey, listen to my words. Sloth is not just doing nothing. It is often doing something else besides what really needs done. Let that soak. Sloth is not just doing nothing. See, part of our mind, our, our view, the spectrum we have of sloth is, is just being lazy and doing nothing. When actually it often is doing something else when something needs to be done. There are numerous reports, um, and I won't cite them all because uh, there were numerous and they all presented pretty much the same thing. By the age of 20, and this, this one report is a little bit older. By the age of 20, you will have watched 20,000 hours of TV. And it continues on, so by the age of 40, you will have watched 40,000 hours of TV. Now add, more currently, Facebook, Farmville, Angry Birds. Did I get you yet? And uh, it goes crazy. Kids, children, watch 35 to 50 hours a week. That includes TV, texting, video games, and internet. And you say, well, that's kids. Those kids, they need to shape up. A.C. Nielsen did a nationwide study over numerous years, and the average American spends four hours a day with television video of some sort, which equals, you ready for this? Four hours a day adds up to two months of nonstop TV programming a year. So if you put in four hours a day, I'm not going to ask you, please don't just say, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if you're putting in four hours a day, if you continue to do that, if that's your habit, that's two months out of the year of nonstop TV. Now, if you're 65 years old, if you continue at that by age 65 years old, you will have spent nine years of your life watching TV. Everybody say, ouch. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's not just TV, okay? It's not just that. And maybe you're watching Christian programming the whole time. I don't know. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Humans. Any humans here? Okay, there you are. <laughs> Scared me. Humans are, get this, this is a huge point, are easily distracted and easily addicted. And the devil exploits that. You are easily distracted. Come on, let's be honest tonight. This series is called what? Real life. Real life. We're easily distracted. How many of you would admit you're easily distracted? You're doing something. I just, I'm just going to check my emails real quick. I'm just going to stop by here real quick. 
or whatever, I, I'm just going to run in the store real quick and get this one thing. <laughs> Hello? Humans are easily distracted. And here's what else. And we are easily addicted. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands here, but, you know, it's just crazy. And there's all the little apps you can get for your phone and for TV and all this stuff. And before you know it, you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, good, uh-huh, praise the Lord. <laughs> and we're what? We're addicted. You know, or we try something new or this or that, and our friend says, this is really cool, you should, you should go here, you should do that. And humans are easily distracted and easily addicted. And let me tell you, most of the things, and this is where we let ourselves off the hook, most of the things are seemingly harmless. But I want to assure you that the enemy of your soul exploits this. He exploits this to do the other end of sloth, which is this. It's, it's not just doing nothing. It's doing something else besides what should be done. And that ruins our life and it destroys our priorities. Here's the biggest problem. Listen, the biggest problem is not what you did with your time. That's not a problem. The biggest problem is what you didn't do with your time. Did that make sense? Are you all mad at me? Okay, thank you. The problem is not what we did with our time. The problem is what we didn't do with our time. And this is where sloth becomes a killer. As a result of this, we miss opportunities. As a result of this, it leads to emptiness. Now, just be honest with me for a little. How many of you have wasted some time before when you know you should have been doing something else? How many of you know you've done it? Come on, go ahead, fess up. You're on camera. No, you're not. You know what that leads to? Emptiness. You get this empty, guilty feeling in your, in your life, in your mind, in your soul. And if that becomes a habit for you, if you're constantly spending time on something seemingly harmless and sometimes seemingly meaningful, this is kind of good. Or this is not bad. That, that's, that's fine. But here's where sloth comes in. Is it's not what you spent your time doing. It's what you spent your time not doing that probably should have gotten done. Are you tracking? It also leads to consequence in our life. And here's what a lot of people do then. The next thing it leads to is excuses. And let me say something about excuses. Whenever you make excuses, you empower your circumstances and you disempower yourself. When you make excuses for your situation, for your behavior, for whatever, when you do that, you actually empower the circumstances and you disempower yourself. And so excuses, we need, we need to not have excuses. Well, it got real quiet at church. So to be so slow, it sure is tricky. Here, here's an example in Proverbs 22. It says that the sluggard, the slothful one, won't go outside and won't go to work because there's a, there might be a lion out. Might be a lion out there. Sky is falling, whatever, wherever it would be. And we have to be very careful of this. Now, the other thing that sloth does, it destroys our priorities because we are easily distracted and we are easily addicted. And maybe remember, and I don't know if it's still in the, in the comics or not, Family Circle. Remember Family Circle? 
And one of the ones I remember from way, way back is the mom sent one of the little ones. I don't know. There are a bunch of kids. Sent one of the little ones to go uh, next door to borrow an egg or a cup of milk or something. How many remember those days? Okay. We don't do that anymore, do we? Get your own eggs. You know, I don't want their milk. You know, whatever it would be. But it showed the little one, and it was in all these different pains as he he went and he watched some people do some stuff and then he climbed a tree and then he chased a dog and he did all these things and finally got the stuff and then on the way back did some more things, saw a bird, saw a friend, saw a fire truck go by, did all these things and then finally got back and his mom said, where have you been? He said, I just went to get the sugar. (laughs) But that's kind of how we live our life. We end up sometimes, "I, I got it. But we went all over the place because we're easily distracted and we're easily addicted. And we've got to watch that because sloth plays with that. It's so slow, but it's so tricky. Here's what the scripture tells us. Sloth is a sin of omission. It's neglecting to do what is right when, the right, when it is the right time to do it. In Proverbs 18.9 that we opened up with, it says this. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Uh, and I've got more on this, but let me read to you out of the uh, biblical knowledge commentary on that verse, okay? It says this, a person who does his work poorly or carelessly is a brother that is similar to one who destroys. A poor or unfinished or unstarted job, a poor, unfinished, or unstarted job differs little from a project that someone demolished. Both projects are worth nothing. And so when you are slothful in your work, you're a brother. You're the same same kind of result as one who is a destroyer. None of us want to be the destroyer. And so we've got to get this out of our life. So I'm I'm going to give you a few things to help us get get going on this. In Joshua 18.3. Then Joshua asked them, how long are you going to wait before taking possession of the remaining land the Lord, your God of your ancestors, has given to you? It's like we neglect to go possess what God has for us. This could be applied to your devotional life. This could be applied to a lot of that. How, how long are you going to wait before you do this? And we procrastinate and we make excuses and we put things off. And you know, at some point we've got to realize there's opportunity, there's blessing, there's open door, there's things that I am to pursue. How long are we going to wait? And why are we waiting? Why are we waiting? And a lot of times, a million reasons, fear, this, 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 this. But ultimately, I think it all falls into this category here of sloth. In the parable of the talents, you'll remember that he gave one five talents, he gave another one uh, two talents, and he gave another one one. The one reinvested, did things, brought about increase. The second one did the same thing. The third one who had one, what did he do with it? He buried it, which means he did what with it? Nothing. And what did he get as a result of it? Nothing. He got yelled at by Jesus. And this is what, it's a parable though, and this is what he called him, wicked and lazy. So when God gives you something, God puts something near you, around you, in your hand, out in front of you, and you do nothing with it, it's wicked and lazy. 
It's wicked and lazy. It destroys and cuts you off from what God really, really had for you. So let me give you some motivators, first of all. And by the way, these motivators work for virtually everything. But I think that's part of the deal is to get motivated. Everybody say, I'm motivated. Yeah, you sound it too. So. Okay. First motivator is relationships. I have something that I believe I live by. It helps me to stay in line. I teach it to other people as well. And it's this, somebody's counting on you. Somebody's counting on you. So one of the motivators would be somebody is counting upon me relationship. So it can be your family. It can be your boss. It can be your coworkers. It can be your friends. It can be your church. And this should motivate you that somebody is counting on you. Relationship should be huge in this. The second thing is this reward. How many of you know reward is a motivator? Well, let me tell you, reward is a motivator. Okay. If there's, you know, it's something is out there that you can have for it. Even, and, and there's nothing wrong with reward. Do you remember that David killed Goliath? Well, he knew he could kill him before he went out there. Read it carefully. But what did he say to the king? What do I get? He said, what's the prize for knocking down the big guy? You know, and he got tax-free living and the king's daughter and some new shoes or something. I don't, I don't know. You know, and, and there's reward. There's built-in reward to things. And just knowing that if I'll seek God, just knowing if I'll do right, just knowing if I'll work hard, just knowing if I'll get to church, just knowing if I'll be kind, just all of those things, there's built-in reward. Are you with me? And the other one, and this is also a motivator, repercussions. If I don't do it, if I don't do it, it's going to cost me. If you don't, well, if you don't file your taxes, well, I don't like the government. It don't matter. You're going to like them even less. You know? Well, I don't like my boss, or I didn't want to do this, or what? You know, there's going to be repercussions. I, I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to work hard. I didn't want to return those calls. You know what? And there should, you should realize there's repercussions for for that kind of thing. So ultimately, I want to bring this down to this tonight. And well, hey, we're going to use it. <clears throat> this is called good stewardship. I'm using it. All right. First of all, you need to realize that you have a tendency towards sloth. And you say, well, I'm not, I'm not really lazy, but are you easily distracted? Have we ever lost our way, spent time doing something? Is it, does it happen in our life that we get stuck doing something? You just need to realize this, okay? Now, these all start with R. Um, no real reason that they start with R. The second one is this. Resolve. Resolve. And then I'm going to go ahead and write the other one and rely now, and bring this together. And we may spend a little bit more time on this as we go into some other things as well. Realize that you are easily distracted. We have that tendency. 
to be easily distracted and easily addicted. Secondly, you need to resolve. Everybody say resolve. Because you need to know this. Sloth is an act of the will. You resolve to, I'm not going to do that right now. So the antidote for sloth is an act of the will. To resolve, I'm going to do this. Now get this because this is where heaven and earth meet. Okay, watch. Human resolve and divine power. Human resolve and divine power where you rely upon God to help you. Folks, you've got to come to a place. Progress is usually preceded by crisis. You've got to come to a place where you bow your knee, you get a hold of something. Um, Hey, look at me. Um, Where you bring it all together. You bring it all together and say, this is not acceptable in my life. This is destroying my priorities. This is ruining rewards in my life. It's bringing repercussions in my life. I'm letting people down. And if this is a big habit or just it's a periodic thing, we don't want this in our lives. And you have to get to a place where you have to decide. Everybody say decide. You've got to decide. You've got to resolve. I do not want this in my life. I'm aware of the tendency. Every one of us, we're humans. We have a tendency toward this. But you know what it is for you. Maybe it's many things. Maybe it's just periodic. Maybe it's a huge problem for you. But you've got to resolve. I hate it. I don't want this in my life. I resolve. It was an act of my will to, I'm not going to do that now. Well, guess what? It's an act of your will to resolve. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of this. And listen, I'm preaching to the preacher tonight too. There's some things in my life, in my house, and different things. It's like, I want to take care of this. I want to get this done. I don't want this to bother me. I don't want this nagging me. Why haven't I taken care of this before? Every one of us have things like this. And you've got to resolve to do it. You've just got to make up your mind. And usually when you make up your mind about something, you're going to run your mouth about it too. You're going to tell somebody, you know what I'm going to do? I'm losing three pounds. You know, or whatever it would be. But you resolve and then you rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask him to help you. That's where heaven and earth meet together, where there's human resolve and divine power. And I promise you, it will set you free from sloth. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this?